0: a different perspective, a new insight into life, a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, and maybe an amusement for you. Welcome to From My Standpoint, a a twice-a-month podcast with your host, Josh C. Jones. Hey, welcome to From My Standpoint. I'm your host, Josh C. Jones. And in this part, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the worldly side So let me get into this uh, new opening real quick. Hold on. Put on your life jacket of free and independent thought, which is only provided by natural right, and inflate your pumps with the breath of the Creator, and fill the tank with independence. Buckle up in the wavecraft of liberty and get ready to ride the waves of political incorrectness on the sea of free speech as our perceptions get tossed about and hopefully we will all arrive on the shores of truth together. Alright, so in the previous one we talked about the biblical side of the Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade and this one we'll talk about the worldly side. So, you know, if you're a Christian believer in God and the Bible... Jew, Catholic, I highly suggest you listen to the other one about the biblical side. And if you're not, uh, you can ignore that one and just listen to this one. So here we go. Friday, June 24th, 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on the standing of Roe versus Wade. Now, I've got to briefly restate a few things here, so just bear with me, please. So this was originally a video I made and put out to help explain things to people since I felt many people seemed to either be ignorant or just plain rejecting of the facts and the truth. Uh, The video was brief and it stayed at both sides. It didn't get into as much detail as these audio versions. Now, if you liked the video, you will really like this because I've added a bunch more information to this version, this audio version. Plus, I get sidetracked a lot and give more information. Okay, so what I'm going to say truly is really neither pro-life nor pro-abortion, and you'll understand that when we get to the very, very end. It is just fact and cold, hard truth. And what you do with the facts and truth, however, is up to you. SIDETRACKED Speaking of facts real quick, I had someone tell me that my opinion was crap. They used a different word, but I'm not going to say that word. But they told me my opinion was crap, as are the facts and truth. And no matter how many times I, in their words, quote-unquote, regurgitate the word facts, it was still crap. I shouldn't be surprised, it shouldn't surprise me, though, that they wouldn't believe the Constitution or support it, since they also made two other comments to support their case that I was... And I'm not going to repeat their words here, but they they called me a name and I'm not going to repeat it. But there are two comments to support their case I've seen regurgitated over and over and over by people. So I don't want to take up too much time here, but I just want to briefly mention it so you know some of the facts and history real quick. Uh, They repeat separation of church and state, which they believe is vital to a working democracy. And they state, we are not a theocracy, but a democracy. Now, first, let me just say, as I state in my book, America, and that's not the full title, I just don't want to give it out, but because uh, it's not out yet, but it, it will hopefully be out by 2023. I mean, it's book number five in the queue for publishing. But as I state in that book, quote, As far as my research and understanding goes, our founding fathers left the word democracy out of all the original and founding documents, and it was left out of others, such as, you know, all the documents like the Constitution, the Pledge of Allegiance, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitutions of the States. However, they do repeatedly state that what they did set up is a republic, end quote. Now, if we are a democracy, then it means we have already failed to comprehend and understand our own history, and our education system has failed, for it would mean we have failed to teach the truth to our children when it comes to American history. Like I've seen it attributed to Maximilian Robespierre, I may have messed up his name, but you can look it up. The secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. So secondly, as I state in that same book, America, and you can find with your own independent research, you can find this as well, but as I state, the fundamental pillar to the judicial tyranny and suppression of faith is the claim of separation of church and state. It is a misinterpretation of a phrase in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Association of Danbury in response to their letter to him expressing their concern that protection for religion be prominent in the Constitution, and that leaders might someday try to and believe they have the right to regulate or even remove religion from the public squares or the public life. Jefferson wrote them back, telling them that they do not need to worry about this because the government has no powers granted to it to interfere with the church or religion. He assured them that the Constitution clearly protected public religious activities. He wrote, Their legislature would make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. The free exercise of religion is protected by our Constitution, for it is the foundation upon which people's values, morals, standards, and life are built upon. It is protected even if they are serving in government. And another interesting thing is in the Kentucky Resolution of uh, ni- or 1798, that was drafted by both Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, they reaffirm this by stating that no power over the freedom of religion is delegated to the United States by the Constitution. John Adams declared that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Whether we like it or not, the facts are, and the truth is, that America was heavily founded on a foundational basis of Judeo-Christian beliefs. You can do your own further independent research if you so choose, and I highly recommend that you do and that you read the very words and writings of our revolutionary war heroes, the first state constitutions, the Mayflower Compact, our founders, and the historical documents of America. Read the original ones. The facts are there. This is a reality that so many refuse to believe, but the historical evidence and truth is there. But that is enough about any religious or biblical truth and our founding for now. I just wanted to get those two things out since I see them repeated over and over and over again. So let's get back to this, the worldly view of this. So the reality is there are only two sides to the debate about the Supreme Court ruling on Roe versus Wade and abortion, biblical and worldly. And I've already talked about the biblical one in the last episode. So in this portion, we will discuss the worldly side. And here we go. From a worldly standpoint that is non-biblical, We look at the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America, and we look at our founding ideals and rights. And this one applies to every one of us who live in the United States of America, whether we are religious or non-religious. And unfortunately for those who believe abortion is a basic human right, or one granted specifically to women, or one guaranteed by the founders or the Constitution, this is just not true. It is not mentioned in the Constitution or our founding documents. Therefore, it is not a constitutional right. And it is definitely not a God-given right. I've already gone over that in the last episode. Yes, we should all have the choice over our own body. You know, what to put in it, what to put on it. But no matter what our rights are, they end once they infringe on another's rights or are used for tyrannical or illegal means. Our Declaration of Independence clearly states, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The right to life is an unalienable right. It is a right granted by our Creator, not government. Think about what happens when someone murders another human being. And I'm not talking about self-defense because self-defense is different. We have the right to protect our own lives, property, and family. But think about what happens when someone murders another human being. They lose their right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Sometimes it's just for a period of time. Sometimes it's permanent. And think about what happens when someone murders a pregnant lady, according to our laws. They are charged with double homicide, double murder. Hmm, interesting. Now, the right to life is guaranteed by our Creator and stated so in our founding documents, but again, if you don't believe in God, then the unalienable God-given right to life is null and void. I mean, that just makes complete sense, right? But the Constitution itself states, the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. You may not agree with it or like it, but that is a fact. That is what the Constitution states. And as for the original decision of Roe v. Wade in 1972, I gotta tell you, it was built upon lies, a lack of scientific evidence, and a complete misinterpretation and manipulation of the people. And you may be saying, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, yeah, do your research. Read about it. Because from what I understand, science had yet, and the ultrasound at that point, could not yet confirm exactly what was happening inside the mother's womb, which helped that case. Now, science now knows since then that what is inside a mother's womb is a living human, a baby that has a heartbeat, that can move, that can feel pain, that has brain activity. Even medical science calls that quote-unquote clump of cells, or parasite as some refer to it, even medical science calls it a baby, a living human being. So that argument of science has settled that debate and thus requires the overturning of an already unconstitutional ruling. The manipulation was mentioned earlier where the Supreme Court in 1947 wrongly interpreted the First Amendment and inserted the long-held phrase for the restriction, oppression, and control over religious practices, the quote-unquote separation of church and state. And most Supreme Court decisions are actually built upon the uh, precedents of previous ones. Except if you go back to the original Supreme Court decisions of the late 1700s and in the 1800s. Because for some reason, those are largely ignored. I mean, you'd think that they would be vital since they were close to our founding and the ideals of our founding fathers, but, oh well, anyway, it was not from the Constitution or our founding documents as they claimed But it was from a private letter. The misinterpretation part came from them using quote unquote their truth, which is their opinion, and not reading the whole text, not looking at what Jefferson actually said in his letter or his other writings, and from taking one phrase out of that whole letter out of context for political agenda. Now, they decided that the Constitution protects an individual's quote-unquote zones of privacy, which they claimed was broad and therefore they could impose their opinion where fit. It's interesting to me that in this quote-unquote zones of privacy that they stated uh, child rearing was in there, which is the process of bringing up a child or children for, you know, the parent. How soon they and others, including the government and state, ignored this stated opinion and began, according to the justice's decision of that time, violate the parents' rights of child-rearing in this quote-unquote zones of privacy, both in the home and in the schools. Anyway, religion could not be used to state the intrinsic value of human life, according to them. However, they did state that after the first trimester and up to uh, fetal viability— After fetal viability, the state's interest in, quote-unquote, protecting the potentiality of human life could be enacted to secure the child's right to life. This, however, was changed by Planned Parenthood in the early 1990s to the, uh, herd, quote-unquote, undue burden test. According to Planned Parenthood, the woman could terminate the baby whenever she wanted, even after fetal viability. Now, I find it interesting that in all these cases, even with Planned Parenthood talking, they're always talking about the woman being pregnant and the woman having the baby. And it's the woman's right um, that it's woman, woman, woman. They never once mentioned man could be pregnant, man could have a baby, or the man's right when it comes to abortion. It's always the man has to be quiet because the man can't get pregnant, can't have a baby until recently. I just found that interesting. Now, what I was talking about with the zones of privacy and the Supreme Court's decision there, this was right after they ruled on uh, the case United States versus Milan Vuc. I don't know. I mispronounced his name. I'm sure I did. But it's where the Supreme Court actually upheld the Washington, D.C. law prohibiting abortions except to preserve the life or health of the pregnant woman. They ruled it was not unconstitutionally vague and held. Now, those arguing for abortion, even at that time and before then, even now, seem to argue that under what they deemed vagueness, that the woman had the legal right to an abortion to preserve her own life, that is, the quality of her life, as it was before she became pregnant. They said that the woman had the right to have an abortion to preserve the quality of her life as it was before she became pregnant. Now, like I said, this is a big supporting issue for abortion even now. That is the quality of life, the quality of life, the quality of the woman's life, or the potential bad quality of the baby's life, not the intrinsic value of life itself. But remember, science has uh, clearly proven since that time that at fertilization, the new human's life's gender, ethnicity, and other traits are actually already determined through the new DNA strand created. And it's shown that at about 22 days after fertilization, the baby's heartbeat can be detected. And at about six weeks, the baby's brain activity is recorded. The argument in the 60s and 70s was very lacking in scientific evidence, which greatly helped push Roe versus Wade, you know, for abortion. But which we are now certain of with scientific evidence that the baby in the womb, based on scientific evidence, is a unique human life with its own DNA strand, that it does have a heartbeat, that it does have brain activity, that it can move and that it can feel. It can feel pain. And the lie came from both the Supreme Court in their manipulation of misinterpretation and from Norma McCorvey, the real quote-unquote Jane Roe. I'm telling you, read about her and her fight for abortion. It is fascinating. And in 1995, Norma McCorvey, she became a pro-lifer. She even admitted that her case was built on lies. She was never raped, as she originally claimed. She came out and admitted that that was a complete lie just to manipulate the emotions of the people. And she said about her attorneys, uh, she later would admit about her attorneys, that they were, quote, looking for somebody, anybody to use to further their own agenda. I was their most willing dupe, end quote. Now, although she was looking for an illegal abortion at that time, uh, her baby was not aborted. She had her baby. And she still said she felt tremendous pain, depression, and regret, even attempting suicide because of her involvement allowing women to have abortions and kill babies. She stated, and this is her words, quote, Although I was an emotionally abused child and a sexually abused teenager, I believe the worst abuse was inflicted by the judicial system. In retrospect, I was exploited by two self-interested attorneys. Worse, the courts, without looking into my true circumstances and taking the time to decide the real impact abortion would have upon women, I feel used me to justify legalization of terminating of the lives of over 35 million babies, at the time of her statement, of course. Although, on an intellectual level, I know I was exploited. The responsibility I feel for this tragedy is overwhelming. End quote. The original case was built on lies, manipulation, misinterpretation, and it was completely unconstitutional. Do your research. I mean, I'm not the smartest person out there. I can tell you that right away. But even I know how to pick up a book and read, and I know how to do some research. And yes, that is a dig at you. That's a dig at everybody. It's a dig at me, too. Like I said in the other episode, sometimes it's an indictment on me for not doing what I should be doing, too. So we're all in it together. Now, there was never anything in the Constitution giving anyone the right to an abortion. Therefore... The recent decision by the Supreme Court, like it or not, it was constitutionally correct. That is the truth. That is a cold, hard fact. Read your Constitution. But it does not end there. Because per the Constitution, if it is not guaranteed in it, then it becomes a per-state issue. So the reality is, abortion has not been fully banned. I know that was a hope for many but it was also an emotional manipulation by ignorant and or corrupt politicians. It was a kindle in the fire of the belly for many people stoked by the media and those politicians for political agendas. Division, distraction, destruction. The decision for abortions has been delegated to the states and the people to decide per the Constitution. This is reality. You've been duped. We've all been duped. You've been duped. I've been duped. We've all been duped. We've been lied to for decades, and we are now being lied to again to stir up hate and division and violence for political votes and agendas. I'm going to say it again. The reality is abortion will never fully be banned or stopped. That is a fact. That is a cold, hard truth. If you are for abortion, you will always be able to find a place to have it performed. That is the reality, because some states and some people will allow it, while some states and some people will not. As I say in my book, Volume 2, Your Foundation in Action, One might even ask if we can accurately measure or qualify the value of a life before that life has had the opportunity to be lived and personally make such choices. Can we rightfully, equally, and morally judge another's future, another's contributions to society and the world, another's experiences and choices before that life has had an opportunity to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? end quote. You know, maybe some people can justify themselves as judge, jury, and executioner. One thing I do know is, God does not compromise, but people do. It is honorable to fight to end poverty, to end racism, to end terrorism, to end evil in all forms, but we cannot deny the reality that these things, just like abortion, will always exist in some form, and in some place, and with some people. Therefore, the truth and reality of all this is pro-life people will never see the end of abortion, ever, on this earth pro-abortion people will never lose their ability to feed their desire to terminate a human life for any reason ever on this earth. If you support the Constitution, then you understand the Supreme Court's decision was the right decision. If you do not support the Constitution, then you will not accept the Supreme Court's decision as the right decision. That is the cold hard truth. We will have our opinions and beliefs. We will all have our own opinions and beliefs. We just need to be aware Be rational and show some wisdom. Don't let the political elites or the news media deceive you and cause you to be further divided with your neighbor and your family. Division is a tactic of war. It is a tactic to deceive and conquer and destroy. Remember these two very important facts. They are the cold, hard truth. They are reality. Number one, the Supreme Court's decision was correct biblically, And it was correct constitutionally. Number two, no matter which side you are on, abortion will never be fully eradicated. It will just not be everywhere at all times. But abortion will always be available somewhere in the United States per state's rights. That is both the beauty and the tragedy of the Constitution and the great diversity and beliefs in these great United States of America. And that is is the facts that is the truth that is reality this has been from my standpoint a podcast to find a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth encouraging and enlightening insight entertaining a new perspective and providing an amusement for you we hope you were entertained encouraged, enlightened, and enjoyed the show.